Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. for IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast, with me, promoter Ben Shalom. Ben? Still buzzing after the other week's big event in Manchester? Yeah, just about. Um, what a night. Crazy night. I didn't think Carn Brook, the atmosphere could be tops, but that was, for anyone there, that was incredible. I think I knew, you know, the Liam Smith Liverpool fans were going to be special that night, but it was, a, it was another level. To be honest, I've interviewed many times after events and I've never seen you more thrilled and excited um, on that day, um, everything went to plan for you. Your man won, your man won in destructive fashion and got what most people believe he didn't have, the ability to knock out Chris Eubank Jr. Yeah, it was it was an unbelievable night from start to finish. To be honest, we put a lot of work into the undercard. We started, obviously, with Parker Massey and Jack, Jack put in a performance that I don't think many people expected. Chris Congo didn't quite get the result that he wanted. Richard Riappol looked devastating devastating and just looks better and better and so that was it was almost a perfect night up until the main event and then and then the ring walk started it was it, it just, the, the temperature and volume just went to to ridiculous levels and uh, Liam Smith I was confident the whole way through and I was mocked for my confidence and so was a lot of people but I think a lot of people in boxing knew how good Liam Smith was and it was a devastating combination it was a it was emphatic and to be honest, I think it was more the shock, the fans, everything, it just erupted because no one expected when the fourth round came in, after, especially after that third round, that Eubank Jr. You know, dominated that round. I thought he had a very good round. For Liam Smith to come out and do that, the place just went mad. And uh, it was just why you love the sport. You just boxing, it shocks you all the time. And uh, it was the first one, it was the first big win we've probably had in a, in, a, in, a, in a while and I was there for the same night uh, same venue for Joseph Parker and obviously didn't go according to plan and so this one on another level in terms of exposure in terms of fans in terms of platform it was it was massive and uh, it was unexpected as well so it was a special special night let's uh, look forward obviously a couple of things that have happened since that fight one 
Chris Eubank and his team may be lodging a complaint with the British board regarding elbows. Could you confirm, have they officially raised anything yet or is was that all just early talks? To be honest, I don't know. The, well, I didn't know. The first time I saw it was that everyone else. I saw Sky reporting on, on this this crazy uh, this crazy appeal, which I think a lot of people found amusing. Some people I did actually see agreeing with it because I think you, you can see... There's something in there, but it's it's nothing to do with why he lost or or what happened there. I think for me, Eubank Junior. I said it in the lead up. I think is 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 the biggest name was or is the biggest name outside of the heavyweight division in British boxing, and there was a lot of attention comes with that, a lot of ego and a lot of um, and he plays the character so so well. He really is a showman. I think a lot of people jumping on him, but he lost to a very a top quality fighter. Obviously not in the fashion that he'd have expected. It was, must have shocked him. More than anything, but I think, um, yeah, I don't know what to make. Obviously, I, I mentioned before, I did laugh when I when I first saw it because it's just boxing, isn't it? Um, and there's always something, there's always some drama. I, but I do, I do think they believe that. I do think they genuinely there's some genuine belief in that. But obviously, I think taking a step back, it would had nothing to do with the finish, and, and we'll see where that goes. Ben, how long does Chris Eubank Junior have to? activate the rematch I'm sure is there a deadline yeah there is I think it's about two weeks left now I, I'm hearing obviously that they will I'm hearing that Eubank Jr. really wants the rematch and, and he's a fighter after all his pride was hurt and and he won't have expected that and maybe you know I know that perhaps this camp wasn't perfect and things went wrong and obviously he believes certain things happened on the night as well so I think he will but he's got two weeks. It's it's a, it's a bit frustrating for us because I sat down with Liam the other day. He feels like he's in the prime of his career. He feels like he's in the best mood of his career. And he, we just want to get on with planning what's next, whether that's Golovkin, whether that's Brook, whether that's Eubank Jr. We want to get moving now. And uh, we've got to wait. We can't look beyond Eubank until, until that decision is made. Um, but he's fast approaching now. It'll be interesting to see what... What what they do do? It's hard to see what other options they have. I know the Conor Ben fights been mentioned, but I think a lot of people in boxing would be shocked to see that happen, especially in the short term. Um, but yeah, a lot of respect for Eubank Junior. I think he's a he's someone you need in the sport. I think he helps British boxing get on the front pages. He was uh, he was in GMB and he's in BBC News, and he, he really does demand that attention. And fair play to him. Um, but yeah, it's hot. It'll be interesting to see what they decide to do next. I, I know Liam has to wait two weeks for that official announcement from Chris Eubank Jr. But you, as his promoter, surely you're planning A, B, and C. So are Golovkin and and Brook the only two options, or the other fighters that you, you would consider? Look, I think me, Liam wants wants to fight for another world title, so he's looking at that. The difficulty is we can't put in formal offers until until you know we can have. Conversations until we hear back from Eubank, and we have to prepare for that. I think ultimately, I do think I thought the first fight was massive. It was proved right. It did huge numbers for for a fight that a lot of people said perhaps wasn't box office. Again, we don't want to do pay per views, but it had to be box office. The arena, the the pay per view numbers, the, the international, everything was off the scale for that sort of fight, especially third week in January. So. It shows, how, it shows when, when boxing is good, boxing is very good. And I think there's still a huge amount of e- interest in that rematch. I think people genuinely believe Eubank Jr. Had, must have had an off night. I, even though even though that's not what I believe, I, I think that is the case. And 
I think it's a huge rematch. But in in the Liam Smith camp, he feels he's dealt with that now. It was conclusive, and he now has the right to move on to bigger and better things. And I know you've spoken about going to Anfield. Could you go to Anfield without Eubank Jr., or do you need Eubank Jr. to go to Anfield? I think the Golovkin fight is enormous. I think uh, we saw it with Brooke a few years ago. I think it would be enormous, especially Liam Smith off that win. And he has a support, like, one of the best in the country. Um, so I think it's possible. I really do. But we'll have to see. And uh, it's difficult with Liverpool. They're having a stand made this summer. So we're on to them. Um, I think it would have to happen literally immediately after that final game. But we hope that they understand that if it's not going to happen now, I can't see it ever happening. Callum's coming towards the end of his career. Very hard to sell that stadium anyway. I think what Liam Smith's just done gives the opportunity to do it with Tasha Jonas. Adam Azeem's a big Liverpool fan. You could have a huge, huge card there. But we hope that they see that. And if not, we'll look at something else. But we are waiting on, on Mr Eubank. Another fight that's uh, been long awaited and is not happening is Josh Taylor and Jack Catrow. Disappointing, obviously, I know yourself, you had a date planned, you had a press conference planned, so what's kind of next for, for Jack, who doesn't have the injury? He can't, I'm sure he can't just wait around for, for Josh or his career. Honestly, in the, in the lead-up, we were about to announce Taylor Cattrall on the night. They were both there. They were going to get in the ring in the Manchester Arena and it, it would have been something special. And um, It's such a shame because we waited 12 months to get that fight for Jack. And then he gets it, and then Josh has obviously got injured. And um, I feel for Josh as much as Jack in this, in the way that I know Josh wanted this fight more than anything. And to get, we, I think we heard the news at the weigh-in of Eubank Smith, and it was just like, oh, such a big fight, such a huge rematch that we were looking forward to. We'd done so much, and it, it was like, wow, what a start to the year. We could have Eubank Smith, Taylor Cattrall almost back-to-back. Akoli was going to debut for us on that card. Um, in his world title um, it was going to be a big night up in Scotland but as you said Jack Cattrall can't wait any longer I, uh, you know you store your career if you remember he stepped he stood aside for the unification between Josh Taylor and Ramirez he was almost 12 months out of the ring I think maybe even over 12 months before he fought Josh Taylor now it's going to be 12 months since then that's one fight in two years for someone at the top level that's tough and I think Jack stalled his career enough um We'll keep assessing Josh's situation and speaking to top rank and seeing where they're up to. But Jack's going to fight in March and we've got to get on with things. And Jack Cattrall's proven now he's one of the best lightweights, not just in this country, but in the world. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we want to get moving. Obviously, you know you've got your show next week and I'm going to reserve talking about that until fight week next week because we've got a press conference. So we'll go in detail about Adam Mazin. But how's the schedule looking? I know you've announced or you've teased us with an announcement for a Liverpool show 25th of March. So how's the schedule of the next couple of weeks, months looking at the moment? And who can we expect to see on that Liverpool card, if you can name any? So we're trying to get a couple of shows in, in March, actually. Um, one of them in earlier March is a, is a co-promotion, but a big show. Hopefully announcing the next couple of days. March the 25th would be a big date for us. Could see a Coley there. Now, after that's happened, uh, Jack, Cattrall, Tasha Jonas, perhaps. Um, big card, 25th of March. Then we're into April. We were going to go on the April 15th card. We we're going to go on the 02. Spoke to George Warren a couple of days ago, trying to move things around so that we don't clash. I know boxing fans hate that. And uh, 
Lockwood, it's a huge schedule. A lot had to move around. Once Taylor Catchell fell out, Jack needed to move. Lawrence needed to move. But it's going to be a big start to the year. And what a January we've had with those two fights. Eubank Smith, then you better be a... Just starting February now, usually you've not had a fight by now. So it bodes well for this year. I can see fights being made everywhere. Um, but we've got some big ones to announce. And uh, we've got some big signings that are starting as well. So it's going to be a big year. I'm convinced this is a... This is a monster because you've got three, especially in the UK now, you've got three motivated platforms, three motivated promoters, I think starting to learn to work together. Um, and I think it could be it could be a very good year. I, I just want to elaborate on that. Obviously, uh, Colm, who was for IFL, did an interview with Eddie Hearn yesterday. Um, we know George has spoken about it and you've just mentioned it now. And it's, it's refreshing to hear that promoters are saying, you know, we should work together and we'll, you'll see more of it. And is that also important? Because we, fighters want to see the best fight the best. Yeah, I think there's no choice as well. Broadcasters are demanding it. But we said when we first came in, we had to, don't get me wrong, but we, we recognise as a fan that it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. I think the business, this it, boxing can be so big. I just don't believe in the philosophy that your business is, is made better by not making fights I think if you can you, you just deliver more and more opportunities and I think we're seeing now fighters can lose fighters can come back as long as promoters can work together there's ways to do it look it's not always easy we find it easy with some promoters and harder with others and that's just always going to be the game but yeah I don't think it's becoming the promoters that work together I think now we're exposing promoters perhaps that don't work together and now the promoters that never work together are starting to realise, oh, we have to work together, which is good and that's what you want to do. You want to put people under pressure to, to, to explain why they won't work with other promoters and uh, if you can do that, then I think it becomes healthy and it's all coming from the amount of competition now, especially, as I say, in the UK. Lawrence Acoli, um I saw a couple of interviews today with Shane McGuigan, his former trainer, who, who said that Lawrence and me have split and we are not working together. Whatever the reasons were logistical, Lawrence is a resident of Dubai now, etc., etc. So Lawrence hasn't just changed promoters and, and he's got changed, left his management team and left his coach, but it's almost a, a brand new start for Lawrence. So pressure on your shoulders now to, to deliver for him that, that goal of becoming a unified cruiserweight champion? Look, I, I think what happens outside the ring is less of a concern. We can, we will deliver unification opportunities this for, for him. We will deliver the biggest domestic fights possible and that's what he deserves, especially after being out so long. Inside the ring, you always worry because that's where it really matters and uh, it's a big change. But he knows what he's doing. Sugar Hill, if that is where we're going. He's an unbelievable trainer, and we know that. He's obviously got Ben Whitaker as well, who's with us, Tyson Fury. So he's not in bad company. Shane McGuigan, for me, is the best, if one of the best, if not the best trainer in the UK. We have a lot of fighters with him, and uh, he's a fantastic trainer. Maybe logistically it didn't work, or you never know. Trust is so important as well, and I'm sure... I'd, I'd, I think you saw that with Tunde and Anthony, and I like when fighters stay with trainers through thick and thin, because you can never buy trusting someone outside the ring. Or you, the trainer has to trust the fighter, and the fighter has to trust the trainer, and um, that's the most important thing. So I hope he can develop that with someone new very quickly, because that, that sometimes is harder later in your career, and that's where you see fighters when they get later on in the career. That's when they start jumping around because it's so hard to develop that trust again. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And that's my, that's would be a worry with any fighter is like, is, is how they can settle into that. But we'll see. And he's fighting a tough mandatory in David Light. We were going to look, we were looking at Glanton even for a, you know, just a voluntary defense because we knew he came to fight. He was unbeaten. He, he, he's got knockout power and David Light dealt with him in a, in a war. And so he's going to have a tough test with a new trainer straight off the bat. And uh, it makes it more interesting. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I trust what he's doing. Um, sticking with the cruiserweight division, obviously Billum Smith. We know he wants that football stadium fight. Riakpo had a great win over Glowacki. I know Badu Jackson a fight with Kabu. I think that's Saudi, maybe that's happening. So, what position? Where are you in terms of delivering for Billum Smith and delivering for Riakpo, or is it just about let's just put them both in the ring, and and they can just have that rematch? We were waiting on the Opataya Masternak mandatory as well. Jai's obviously got an injury which has been well publicised and now we're looking at the IBF saying, what are you going to do? Because if he's not fit enough to fight, then vacate and let Masternak fight Richard or let Richard fight CBS for the for the vacant title. Um, I think it's going to be around Robin. They'll all get their opportunity. Richard wants a world title. Chris wants the world title. Lawrence wants the unification. Lawrence is obviously already a world champion. I think we'll see Jai or Masternak defend or fight for the vacant IBF against either CBS or Riakpo or Lawrence. So you've got that one in the mix. You've got Gullamarian um, looking for his next opportunity as well. I think all of them will get their chance to fight for a world title this year. Um, the only other one is Badu Jack and Makabu who are fighting on that Saudi card. So it's a special division. But yeah, I want them to fight each other and we're not going to wait. If we have to wait and wait and wait for Jai, then yeah, CBS and Richard need to get it on. Moving away from active fighters, I just want to go to some fighters who are retired. Um, we saw a video leaked of Kell Brook. Um, looked like he was involved in a certain activity of taking cocaine. Um, you've known Kell. Um, you've known him a long time. Um, I just want to read a tweet, and i quote what he wrote today. And he said, I messed up, I hold my hands up, and I want to apologize to my family, Jim, friends, and fans. It's no secret that I struggle with mental health, and I'm finding retirement really hard. I'm actively seeking the help I need to get to get me on the right path. Again, I apologize to her that I've caused. Just your reaction to what you saw on the video, and then obviously the response from, from Kel. Yeah, obviously uh, we know, and he's made it quite clear that he's lacked direction after boxing that high after the car night people will never be I can't relate to it people will never be able to relate to what what he's done and what he's lived for 15 years at the top the adulation the ups the downs that boxing brings and the sole focus 
that he had in boxing that made him one of the country's favourite fighters. And then to end on a high like that, he, he was lost. And he knows who was. However, and in his own home, when I saw that, I'm thinking, who has done that to him? I, 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 again, I said it earlier, but it's this, the human nature now to drag people down and 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 to try and uh, to try and muddy people's names, and it's it's not nice. And that to, to me, yes, it's bad. Yes, it, I condone it, but I don't think he's got anything to apologise for. He's in his own home, and it's not right, but that should never be on the internet. Um, and yeah, I just felt sorry for him. I spoke to him. My heart, I, I sent him a message. And yeah, he's having a tough time, and people should support that. But what, uh, you know, people sharing that and someone putting that out, what, for a couple of grand to the sun or whatever it is, is sickening. I think the biggest lesson for for Kellen, for anyone, is just be careful who's around you because it's a, it's a toxic world and um, you have to be careful. Another fight we haven't seen in the ring um, leaked a conversation between yourself and him, Billy Joe Saunders. Um, put some WhatsApp screenshots out as well. Uh, I know you were probably disappointed when you saw that, but um, yeah, uh, how are you feeling about what Billy did? Look, I think. Um, if I'm honest, nothing surprises me in boxing anymore. But you know, nothing. I I, I said um, there's nothing I can say that's going to help the situation. So I'm not going to comment on what it was done. It is what it is. But I'm, it's boxing, and uh, it's just a, it's another day. Joshua Boatzi, um, Eddie Hearns mentioned that he is a, a free agent. I know you're very particular who you sign. Is that someone that you may be interested in signing in the future? I know Ed, there's a quote mentioned that he still has matching rights. So is that, does that become difficult almost as well at the same time? It does. You don't know exactly where you stand and what the matching rights say. I think um, look, Boatzi is, is one of those fighters where it's frustrating how, how the lack of activity that he's had twice, three times in three years, is he fought? That's 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 not good enough um, for a fighter of his calibre. I think as a boxing fan, everyone just wants to see how far he can go. Obviously, we would be interesting. He's, he'll probably he'll want the most money and uh, the, the clearest route and the most activity. And the, the thing is, I don't want to get to a stage, and we've got a lot of fighters now where we're not delivering. You see a lot of fighters sat on the side, wanting their opportunities. We're having a lot of our youngsters now come through and by this time next year they're going to be headlining shows. Anyone that signed with us, I want them to have a positive thing to say about us and that we deliver everything that we say and that we, we, we take them and everything, we take them in the career the best way possible. And I think uh, we've got to be careful not to sign, over-sign too many fighters. But of course, on the right terms, Joshua Buwatsi is a credit to anyone. And I just hope he can fulfil his potential um, because he deserves it. I know, we, I know we've spoken about Conor Ben, and I'm sick of talking about it and, it, and it keeps coming up and it keeps coming up. But it's a serious situation. Rumours are, um, strong rumours are, that the WBC are going to be clearing him. Um, I'm sure you probably saw, you read Eddie's comments about the board and, and, and you know, the board should take moral responsibility, and why the board didn't, ca why the board left it so late to cancel it when they should have cancelled it, when they knew about the failed test, etc., etc. Uh, Eddie's confident that he'll be back in the ring May, April. Um, right thing, wrong thing. 
is it just the whole process seems like it's a mess because you've got Vardy, you've got WBC and then you've got UCAD and then you've got the board and it's like you saw Robert Smith come out on the weekend and talk about you know he's had no communication and no details about this 270 page document so has boxing learned a massive lesson and do we need to align rules and, and, and regulation so this, these kind of things don't happen again? I don't know what the WBC have to do with whether he's fighting or not. They're not an authority or commissioning body or anything, so I'm not really sure. I think all it is is, look, I've got no agenda in this anymore. I don't care. I actually don't care, other than there's no sport that should have a, more of a zero tolerance than boxing to 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 um, failed drug tests. And until it's clear that he didn't fail drug tests or that whatever happened happened which is looking hard to prove then what are we even talking about I think all this is is you could you can't stop me and you getting in a ring in any country in the world wherever that's all this is like WBC have nothing to do with it I think um, it's a danger to the name of the sport I think you see that with the reaction and again I don't have any agenda I just think what how can that happen and why would anyone involved in the sport that cares about the sport be pushing it to happen until the governing body of the of the of where the crime happened or where the incident happened for a fight in this country has given the all clear they're the authority the british boxing board of control there's no point blaming them and pushing it on them and saying it's them and this and that it is what it is and that's i just don't understand why anyone in the sport is going against that just to make a few quid and again, I don't have any agenda in this situation. I don't want people to think that, and I've got nothing against Conor Ben at all. But just do it the normal route, and and make sure that we follow guidelines, so the sport's not brought into disrepute. Because what's going to happen in three months if he's fighting? What, what do you not think anyone's going to look at boxing and say what's gone on there? Just go, everyone's going to have to ask questions, and then the whole sport's brought into problems. And maybe it's what needed so that we look at it and completely rip up the rule book and and find a different way of regulating the sport because this obviously isn't working. They have this quote in boxing: "You don't play boxing." I know you've said your bit last week to me. Was it the week before about misfit boxing? Tag team now? Is it becoming WWE? Is it becoming? Is there a risk of this becoming dangerous? Because WWE, yes, they, they take risks, but we all know it's fake. This isn't fake. They're actually hitting each other on the faces. People who are not real boxers. Is it becoming a farce? I think that's for a question for someone else or health and safety and ambulances. I just don't. It's just not. I've said it before. It's not boxing. Even asking, it's it's celebrity WWE uh, white collar boxing. It's white collar boxing. With, with money behind it. It's not boxing, so the media just need to be clear that's what they're covering. And yeah, I don't care what they do. I rate, rate it if it's if it's making money for them and it's done in a, in a safe environment, which you don't know, then fair enough. But it's not boxing, so I don't see what relevance it has on, on, on the sport. And I think the media should be careful how they cover it because that's where the danger comes from. I've said it. Don't cover it as though it's boxing because it's then murky as the waters for everyone. All the top, top qualifiers dreaming of things that dedicate their lives to becoming world champions. And I hear people say, oh, you can learn a lot from that. Well, yeah, fighters can learn to act as showmen and this and market themselves outside the ring. But at the end of the day, as you said, you don't play boxing. Professional boxing is professional boxing. 
there's a difference and uh, it should be very, very clearly signposted that that is not professional boxing by any stretch. Have you seen Dana White's and this new slap league that he's got going on and what have you made of it? It looks crazy. It's madness. It's madness. I thought it was a joke, you know, when it first came out, you know, one of those parodies. Genuinely thought it was a joke. Um, Because it was like one of those, oh, it was like, I remember seeing the adverts and I was thinking, I genuinely thought it was a joke. But to see it is, is crazy. I think it, it looks dangerous. It looks horrible. I don't enjoy watching it. I've seen a couple of clips and like, I don't enjoy watching it. There's obviously some violent junkies that it does it for. And uh, again, I don't know the health and safety around it, but it's, it's not a sport, is it? Um, but again, I don't want to seem like we're just hating on everything that's not boxing, but that is a, that's a strange one. Just final one, Floyd Mayweather, obviously he's got an exhibition uh, this month, 25th of February, London, first time he's fighting in the UK. Um, price point is just over £32 for pay-per-view. Would it do good numbers? Um, no, not in the UK. Not in the UK. But I think Floyd likes, it's for his brand, he likes to keep himself around, fair play. Again, People can do what they want. If whether people want to buy it or look at it, it's not professional boxing again. It's just a bit of fun between between celebrities now. Floyd's an ex-boxer, and and that's what it is. But um, again, not knocking it. They can uh, do what they want. I'm not sure what I have to do with it because it's as in I don't I don't see it as comparable to what you see on Sky or BT or Matchroom. It's just a, it's totally different. Ben Shalom, IFL TV, thank you very much. Sports Social Podcast Network.